Hey, this is Danny with Friend or Foe, and you're listening to the Local Music Revolution. This is, 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 the local music revolution, the local music revolution, local music revolution, local music Hello and welcome to the Local Music Revolution. I am your host, Ogre. How are you guys doing? Firstly, Happy New Year, guys. First episode of the year. Always exciting. Um, And it's going to be a good one. This episode features David, the guitarist of Cyborg Octopus, which I met here at Barmageddon, here in my hometown. Um, Most of the interviews you will hear from here on out are from Barmageddon as well. It was a great, great show. Um, Very cocky guys. They know their instruments. They're very, very amazing technical players. And I really, really enjoyed their show. Um, And I was able to talk to David and ask him about everything that I could about the band. And it was just an amazing experience to have him interviewed. It wasn't until later on that I actually found out that David had... uh, uh, a social media presence that it was big. Um, the Riff Shop, I believe it's called, is all his. It does these uh, parody videos that are super, super funny. Um, and then uh, Cyborg Octopus was actually, um, they were on the top 10 list of multiple lists through uh, Metal Injection and Metal Sucks uh, because it's such a good album. If you have the ability to get it, I highly suggest it. It's called Learning to Breathe, and it is just fantastic. If you do get it or you have heard it, let me know what you think. Uh, go to social media, so facebook.com slash the local music revolution. Go to Twitter at TLMR Podcast. On Instagram at the local music revolution. On Tumblr uh, at tumblr.com slash the local music revolution and of course you can always go to the local music revolution.com to check out everything that is being done or any news that comes up as the podcast progresses if you want to listen to the podcast in different forms all you have to do it's very simple guys go to itunes stitcher google play or your favorite podcast catcher check it out uh look up the local music revolution on those sketchers and you will be able to find the local music on pretty much any of them uh however if you want a better experience we are a proud member of the long box um the network so please go to longbox.fm look up the local music revolution and check out what they have for you it's all of the current episodes all of the past episodes and uh yeah um support longbox.fm because they support us and they have amazing podcasts on that network they do house one of my favorite of all time which is the firefly podcast if you haven't heard it and you like the show firefly get on it guys get on it and now um, everybody knows that we have sponsors i am very proud of my sponsors and to be part of the families that come together to make that uh so uh, without further ado, uh, stringjoy.com. If you've heard this podcast before, then you've heard me talk about stringjoy.com. 
Stringjoy is a custom guitar string website. It's a very simple concept. They make guitar strings, um, and you can either have their pre-made sets or you can customize your own set. Uh, they will help you out if you have any problems or any uh, questions, but it's all about customizing the experience because they feel that to make your sound one of the first and most vital important uh, elements is going to be your strings on your guitar. Uh, so they do have uh, guitar strings, bass strings, and acoustic strings. So uh, get to stringjoy.com and check them out. When you get to the, the cart um, and checkout, please enter the promo code LOCAL, that's L-O-C-A-L, and you'll get a discount for being a listener of the Local Music Revolution. I'm all out of stuff to say, so uh, let's get into this interview. This is David from Cyborg Octopus. All right, so I'm here with David from Cyborg Octopus. Hey, Cyborg Octopus. Okay, so um, firstly, what do you play? Guitar, right? I play. Well, I mean, I, I see. I suck at guitar. Bobby's like a lot better. I kind of see myself as more like the songwriter. Uh-huh. So that's kind of my my f- main function. But but on stage, you have hands on a guitar. I, I guess I have to play some instruments, so I settled on guitar. Okay, cool, no. cool, cool. Um, so. Your band is very interesting. Hopefully, we can cover everything like that I saw on that stage, um, because wow, dude, wow. Um, Thank you. Uh, so, firstly, who are we missing? Uh, everybody but me. So we're missing uh, Josh Mathis, who's our new drummer. Um, we inducted him uh, in the band full time a couple weeks ago. Uh, Bobby Carroll, other guitar player, who's infinitely more uh, buff and a better guitarist. Um, uh, we're missing Patrick Corona, who's the guitar slash saxophone player slash backup vocalist. Uh, we're missing Ian, who's the the vocalist who screams and occasionally does other things, and uh, George Lallian, who plays bass. Wow, man! Um, and you guys put on a really, really awesome act. So, where are you guys from? Well, we're from all over. The majority of us are near San Francisco, like. Um, Half the band lives in the San Ramon Danville area, which is near Walnut Creek. Okay. Bobby lives in San Francisco, and our drummer lives in Reno, Nevada. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. So how's practice work for that? That's kind of funny. I mean, like with um, with technology and stuff like that, it's uh, we can practice in isolation without actually practicing together. So this past year, um, I would say that we've practiced together as a band probably about like three times. Really? Wow. Um, so, and being that you have to practice alone and everything like that, um, are you guys actually like classically trained? I am not. <coughs> I I don't know what I'm doing. You just picked up a guitar and Pretty much ran picked with up it. A guitar, and I was just like, okay, this makes sounds. If I distort it, turn up the volume, people bang their heads, and I was like, fuck yeah, I can do that. Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, so, how how do you? How do you practice, man? Is it uh, just getting everybody else's parts together in a track and then you add your part? Or um, how, how does that work for at least you? Practicing. In your, yeah, in your situation. Okay, well, um, since j- we set our drummer Josh up with a click track, so he's playing to a click. And as long as we practice along with the songs, then in theory, when we play together, it should be at the same speed. 
In theory. In theory. Yeah, but adrenaline happens on the stage. Well, that, so. that's why we have we have him set up with the click track, so that it's like you know he's going along with the click. So if he gets too fast, then he could be like, okay, you know, I'm going ahead of the click. I'll slow down. Uh, yeah, it's it's very inorganic, but this is how a lot of music is done today. So we're just yeah. going with it. Yeah, I have ADHD, so I'm like, ooh, <laughs> let's oh, have same fun. Here. Same here. <laughs> So it's really, really, it was very difficult to actually get to where I could play click track. And yep. then when I did, I was like, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just wanted to hit everything all the time. Yeah. And then I found out, like, click track, like, professionals do it. Why not me? So yeah. well, it's, it's a pain in the ass to set up. But, I mean, if you if you do it, it's really, really worth it. So do, do all of your songs, like, have uh, tempo changes and stuff like that? Not all of them. Disco Brain, our funk one, does not have a tempo change. Um, Puke Feast, our Latin one, does not have a tempo change. I think that's a bad... No, 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 no. Divine Right and D minor, our neoclassical song, does not have a tempo change. So you just named three different genres of music that you play. Yeah. Um, it's distorted. Your singer does do a lot of yelling and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So... Can you tell me the concept behind the band? Like, when you guys were getting together, like, did you go, okay, I want to do every genre, but I want to make it metal? <laughs> no, I mean, like, uh, it's when when we started as a band and, like, many other bands in their infancy, they kind of just do whatever's cool or whatever they, they're they really influenced by. Um, you know, in my case, I was influenced by, like, early deathcore, um, a lot of local bands, and I pretty much recreated that in our music. And then at first it was like, okay, I can make cool parts. I can make, you know, this breakdown that I'm particularly fond of. And then I could like string them together and make kind of like a, a dance out of it. And then the next stage in that was that I made these songs where all the parts were just like over here, over there. There's like a, a jazz part. Then there's like a, you know, electronic part. It was, it was really just scatterbrained. And then, um, there came to be a point where I was like, okay, well, this all needs to be, these songs are all sounding the same because they're everywhere. It's like there's no real story to be told from these songs that are just a combination of riffs. So the next stage, I was like, okay, I need to make a really cohesive song. Then I kind of, uh, through try and error, did that. And then after that, I started thinking, and this is my next level of like, once I was confident in myself to do that, I was like, okay, how do I make something that's unique relative to other bands out there? And so it was, it was really kind of like working our way up. There's no way that I could have um, came up with what the band is today just from the, from the beginning and have it nearly as cohesive or just as something that's enjoyable. Well, it really is enjoyable, man. Like, Thank you, man. Uh, you guys, um, Mike, the owner, um, he was telling you, like, you guys have stage presence, and I think you guys know that. Well, I mean, like it's, there, it's something that we worked on. There, there, there is a point. Like, there's a point where I saw you. You like just put up your hands. Like, what? You gonna mess with me? And I was like, this guy has the cockiest attitude <laughs> I've seen in like five years. And it's coming from like a like a skinny Asian kid. Yeah, but like you had your guitar on and you looked like you were just gonna throw down and hit somebody. <laughs> and like, I was like, this is amazing. And then you guys start playing, and it's like, wait, that's interesting and then like that neoclassical song i mean your singer actually went off the stage he sat in the back of the venue took a drink of water that you guys <laughs> i didn't do. see that did he really yeah uh, Ian. there's a couch in the back and he just like propped up his feet and he's just he's got this big smile on his face and i'm like 
that guy is cocky too. <laughs> like, we're we're all we're all just a bunch of like self-interested like douchebags. That's pretty much the that's yeah, the secret. But it works. <laughs> it's so awesome, dude. Like Thanks, it, it really. I I don't know how to describe this in just me talking about it because yeah. like how. But like you have to actually see you guys to understand like how great you guys are. Thank you. Like I, 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 wanna I it's hard for me to accept compliments, so like I, I have to almost feel like I you know, self-deprecate by saying like no, but like but I do appreciate your compliments. Thank oh, you. I completely understand. Like when people used to compliment me, I'm like, oh no. Yeah, I'm just like no. I, I'm only good enough to play what I want. So, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. there, there's a difference there. Like, yeah. I'm not great. I'm not inspiring. Like I just play what I feel like is necessary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I completely understand it, man. Don't worry. But it, it's a very it's a breath of fresh air. Thank you, Considering man. for a very long time here where uh, in Tulare where you just played, like there's a lot of metalcore that went on. And you know that post-pop punk craziness, whatever it's called? Yeah. Like the metalcore and then there was like deathcore and all that. Okay. There was a bunch of that. Like it was just saturated and it's just, it got to be where like Dawning came out like squeaky clean on the other side. But yeah. like, like there were a lot of bands that just were like ripoffs. Yeah. By the way, shout out to those guys. I mean, they made this entire show possible. I mean, it's like they were. We played in CYC probably about like two years ago, and they were probably the only people who saw us. So mad props to them. I really, really am fond of them. So awesome. Really? Like you played in? You guys played in Fresno? That's pretty awesome, dude. I I didn't know that. Like. Yeah, it's fine. Nobody knew. <laughs> I I came, I came into this going okay. So there's two bands I've never heard of before. So what are you doing, Nick? Yeah. Like you, I I have high expectations. You better not disappoint me. And he he looked at me before you guys went on, and he's like, they are super awesome. Just just go with it. I'm like, okay. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Like I'm super happy. I I told him after your set, I was like. How dare you be right? <laughs> How dare you be right? <laughs> like, oh, thanks, man. Awesome. Um, also, one of the things that just made me enamored was the fact that you guys have a keytar on stage yeah. with you. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't see that very often. Yeah, so, no. So the, the gentleman that plays that, like, was his, like... Was he brought in strictly for, like, a guitar or the sax or, like, a backup vocalist? It's kind of funny. I mean, like, um, we... First of all, Patrick and I have been friends. We all went to high school together, the majority of us. Um, and the funny thing is we actually weren't friends back in high school. Uh, but him and I went to the same college together. And then that's when we kind of, like, met up and we're like, okay, we have a lot in common. That's really cool. Um, so there was a brief period in Cyborg history where our vocalist Ian wasn't in the band and he was off in college doing his thing and then we were looking for a replacement and we had a show coming up and we actually asked Patrick to fill in on vocals and so he was actually originally going to fill in on vocals for Cyborg and then somehow Ian came back and he was just like oh yeah no I can I can play this and then we're just like okay well Patrick he at that point he'd actually already recorded saxophone with us as like a guest um, but we were just like okay do you want to just play sax and then he was like oh yeah I can do keys as well and then so those shows went really well with having him on the on the keys and then uh, after that we just um, at that point we were just like dude just want to be in the band he's like sure it was at, it was it was at a point in our in our musical career where we didn't think that cyborg was gonna go anywhere so it was just kind of like yeah we'll be in the band wow dude that's awesome yeah yeah he's if we lose him we're fucked <laughs> there's no other Guitarist, saxophonist, slash 
Kirk Hammett look-alike in the world that we can Plus he again. was doing this samba like yeah. dance move thing like yeah. it took me a minute I was like wait what is he doing no it's just if anybody if like uh, if, if anybody's just like oh I remember one person in that band it's always Patrick I, I'm sorry man it's gonna be you that, really yeah that cocky oh, little stance with your guitar you? hanging no. down like <laughs> that guy man so <laughs> oh thank you I'm, I'm glad that my uh, self-centeredness <laughs> appreciate pulled pulled you know did something uh so, sorry um so uh you guys have an album you yeah. played a lot of material off that album tonight all songs um, but one all but one mm -hmm. super awesome so what's the title of that album learning to breathe learning to breathe now yeah. and is there a story behind that um, it was funny because we actually set out to not write a concept album just because everything that we try to do is, is very conscious of what um, other bands are doing and we, we constantly actively try and stray from that and I feel like a lot of bands are trying to do like concept albums so I was just like okay no concept album I want to do literally a compilation of songs that I really enjoy and then we'll call it an album but um, but we put the song together the songs like when we were um, ordering the songs in the order that they would be on the the album we actually found out that it did tell a story and it was about um our this i mean this like many pieces of art this can relate to many people but in particular this detailed a lot of ian our vocalist his descent from um you know he was just in a really really dark place and then he had this life-changing acid trip and then afterwards, he had a, an epiphany going forward in life, um, realizing that, you know, that what his purpose was, and then just to go chase after that. And so it's, it's very, very, you can't get that just from reading the lyrics, because the lyrics on their own, they're completely different topics. So for example, like data minefield, it's about data mining and you know information security, and you know, uh, should we trust these large databases of, of social media that's collecting our information? Divine right in D minor, it's uh, a song about the Thirty Years' War, which Ian he's a history major, so it's like he like wrote it about that. Um, Shark Pit, which is our punk song, is about us thinking that the music scene is dumb. It's like tongue in cheek, like it's it's a hardcore song making fun of hardcore. Um, <laughs> And uh, there may or may not be a music video coming out for that soon, so you heard, you heard it here first. Yeah. Um, Baptism of Clay is our um, death metal, it's, it's death metal song, and it's about, it was originally written about Ian's fear of claymation. He's for some reason terrified of claymation, which like, is weird. Like, like, um, like James and the Giant Peach? Yes, that would not be okay with him. Really? Yeah. Um, so I take it Nightmare Before Christmas was nope, not he can't something do it. he enjoyed. Wallace and Gromit, he can't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Bitter was just um, my personal, uh, me and my darkest moments for after a breakup. And then Disco Brain is about the acid trip, and Epiphany is about his epiphany. So it's, I know you didn't ask for any of that, but I, there's my life story. Good. <laughs> I, I love that, man. I, I love hearing about the songs or their meanings uh, because it doesn't mean that it's not going to mean something completely different to me so like i'm really really interested in hearing that knowing oh, glad, the stories yeah. behind it and how it'll carry me like i want to see what it'll, how it'll hit me i'm like, glad that's yeah. super awesome yeah thanks for caring that's, <laughs> that's kind of rare to be honest yeah oh well yeah music has done so much for me so why not do so much for it um so 
moving on, um, you guys have that recorded. Uh, how did you guys record that? Was it like a home studio effort, or did you guys actually go into the studio and actually like brick and mortar, like click tracks and expensive mics and you know, yeah, false sense of, of importance. Yeah, pretty much. Um, ex <laughs> except for we knew we we knew that we were not important. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, we recorded with our friend Nick Loyacano, who is in uh, this studio called Fang Studios, who's located in Redwood City, California. And um, Bobby did the clicks, and then we pretty much just did it like a normal band would. Just go in, uh, drums. Would it, what would it be? Guitar, bass, and vocals? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Oh, and then sprinkle in, you know, the guitar and saxophone and all that. Yeah, well, stuff. the guitars and stuff like that, that was programmed. Ah, mm -hmm. okay. So, yeah. so did, uh, did your guitarist actually work on that, or was it done? He by did it in the composition stages. Um, yeah, it was like you would add little flares here, little flares there. Um, the saxophone's recorded, though. Oh, nice, nice. Mm -hmm. so, so when was it recorded? It was recorded, I want to say... Good question. I would say it was probably about maybe four months ago finished. No, four, four months ago? It was and finished, then you yeah. sent it off to mix and master and everything? Uh, yeah, and then we released it two months ago. So, wow, man. You guys move fast. Well, I mean, it's... I feel like everything's really cyclical because it's like um, there'll be periods where the band is like really dormant for a long period of time and then they release something and then they get a little bit of momentum and then they try their best to leverage that momentum into further higher opportunities. So, um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, in the writing process, it wasn't that fast at all. It took three years to write that record. Three years? Three years for seven songs. What? Yeah. Really? It's not fun. Did you press delete a lot? Yes. I. There's a lot of... Uh, it's It's a fight. It's... Um, <laughs> I mean, anybody who is not struggling, in my opinion, is not making something to their fullest potential. Um, I, I set myself a goal of writing every day for 30 days straight, um, anywhere from, like, 30 minutes to three hours. Wow. And then I... Uh, so I systematically went about, like, you know, writing, 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 writing until... Uh, the the second half of the album was done, so it was, it was a very very strenuous process. So, when you say that, it, I like the thirty day challenge because you know it makes you better as a musician. Mm -hmm. um, so, how do you actually write? Do you sit down and are you the kind of guy that goes, okay, this is an A chord and a D chord and they sound really nice <laughs> together, so I'm gonna put a, a fifth and a seventh together and see what happens. But actually, it's, it's funny that you asked this. I'm actually in the, the process of um, creating a songwriting product that I hope to offer other people learning how to write songs because it's very, here's what I believe. I believe that songwriting is, if you break it down, I would say that it's 20% inspiration, 80% having a great process. Um, so for example, you know, there's some songs like Disco Brain and Puke Feast that I just shit out you know, in like two weeks. Like that for me is very quick. Um, other songs, like I really actively work on it and I just like kill myself over it. But in that process, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's definitely a pattern in like a series of like checks that I go through every time for every single part. Um, and then I re-listen, I re-listen. I, I, I'm brutally honest with myself. I like 
delete things, restart things. There's so there's very much a process, and that this could open up like into a huge conversation, which <laughs> is why I'm you know in the process of creating a product to you know help other musicians write powerful music. But yeah, there, it's a process. Okay, so <laughs> sorry, a lot. Sure, yeah. short short version. Um, yeah, do do you have? Can you read music? Nope. No. I don't uh, know. Do you, do you really know tabs? I know tabs. You know tabs, and no. you know how to stay on time with a click. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have the baseline. Back. You, just in that, are you know way ahead of the curve on most of the musicians I know. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. I mean, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so, so when you sit down and everything, like, uh, what is inspires you? Like, we we've already established that this band is crazy it's weird it's completely different than anything uh most people here have seen um so where do you get the inspiration to go okay i, I want to write a neoclassical song and you know i i want it to sound gorgeous but also i want to have really really awesome distorted guitars on top of it yeah um well, I feel like a certain trend among bands uh, is that a lot of bands are trying to conquer a specific niche. So, for example, our buddies in Fallujah, um, I love them. They're fucking awesome. So, um, they are cornering the atmospheric death metal market. That's like their niche. Um, every time I die, they're known as that southern band. Like, you know, all songs that they write kind of cater to what they're going for. I My favorite bands were... Muse, System of a Down, um, Avenged Sevenfold, and more recently, 21 Pilots, where they became the classics. They were the best because... They <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Um, uh, they were uh, the... B they. I would argue that they are amongst the best of our time because they are masters of all different genres and they try it all. And so that's what I... That is my goal with Cyborg Octopus. So the the fact that you say all of the bands that have influenced you is kind of crazy. Um, like I've never been very influenced by Avenged Sevenfold. Like I know them, I like yeah. them, I listen to them every once in a while. Um, even that fill in Almost Easy, the the octopus fill that I learned that because it was super awesome and I was already trying to do like alternating patterns with the hi hat and the ride and everything like that. Yeah. So, like, I, I got that off the Rev, and I thank you for that, because, you know, I didn't know. R.I.P. Um, Rev. Yes, man. Rest in peace, man. Um, but the thing is, you've named 21 Pilots. Yeah. Now, 21 Pilots, I recently found out they've been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I've se I saw CDs for, like, years ago mm -hmm. around 21 Pilots. So, like... Just now they're starting to get that pop fame and with the, with uh, Heathens uh, yeah. coming out on Suicide Squad and everything. The problem with, with 21 Pilots is they're not something I would listen to actively. Yeah. But when I hear those songs, they just burrow their way into my brain. Exactly. And I sit there and I listen like I have a clock radio. And this morning I woke up to Heathens on the radio and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, for two hours afterwards, I was just humming that. All my friends are heathens, <laughs> take it slow. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Uh, and, like, so is there, is there part of you that actually, d like, does try to put uh, pop, like, inspiration? I in am very influenced by pop. I, I mean, I've gone on the record multiple times. I'm a huge Justin Bieber fan. 
Really? I uh, I listen to uh, I'm really digging this. Uh, my celebrity crush right now is Melanie Martinez. Um, he's another pop singer. Amazing. Twenty One Pilots, obviously very pop. Um, I think that there's a lot of discrimination against pop, but I mean, if you think about it, it's it very it's it's considerate towards the listener, and a lot of metal, progressive metal, is not. Well. It, in that vein, you may be saying this, but in a smarter way. Yeah. Um, pop music is great for what it is, and that's to be catchy. That's to appeal to the general populace. That is to you know you know every kid or you know adult can hum that melody, can be a part of that experience. Yeah. And then you get somebody like Dream Theater that does, does like what seventeen eight times yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And it's over everybody's head except for, you know, those math majors and the <laughs> yeah. progressive people. Yeah. So it, it's I get what you're saying and it's it's a sad fact, but I'm like, don't knock pop if it's done right. Yeah, because exactly. It it's made exactly it's doing exactly what it's for. Exactly, yeah. A- and now the question is, are you a fan of Justin Bieber's talent or Justin Bieber's producer's talent? Well, I mean that that's right there yeah, that's true. I, d- I don't know uh, kind of what goes behind closed doors in terms of who composes it, but I do like his vocal style. Um, if he did write it, I'm I'm impressed with his compositional abilities, and that's I mean that's that's what I'm the biggest fan of. See, see, I'm, that's where I have a problem because pop music. Um, in a simplified form, all the time, they just use like re- repetition, repetition over and yeah. over and over, and that's what gets stuck in your head. But there's like there's bands like um, like Queen, mm-hmm. and, and I you're pretty you're probably seen this meme where it shows like lyrics from Beyonce song and then lyrics yeah. from Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, Bohemian Rhapsody is a song that doesn't have a chorus. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people actually pay attention to that because it's such yeah. a good song. Mm-hmm. But there is no chorus. It's just barrels straight through. Yeah. Now, that's incredible because that was the first song and really the only song I've ever actually noticed that doesn't have a chorus. Yeah. And it's odd, but it's amazing. No, it's a really good song. It really is. Yeah. That's There's a reason why Queen was amazing. Mm-hmm. They're com- like You're talking about compositional. Like, they're... Yeah. Queen all the way, man. Like, no, they're really good. They were metal before metal was cool. Yeah, they're prog. They're super prog, dude. Yeah, man. So, like, that that's really awesome. <laughs> it's really awesome that you're trying to bring pop into this, but, of course, you have all of the genres that we've talked about tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, is there one that, that you haven't actually, like, experimented with that you're like, hey, next song I write, bro, you'll, this is You'll see happen. on the next album. That's what, really? I, what I'm going to say. And I have some ideas. I'm still trying to figure it out, um, how to pull it off, because my ideas are, are crazier and crazier um, than this album. Uh, but I have some ideas. You have some ideas? Yeah. I have some ideas too, but I don't think mine will ever come to fruition. So yeah. What are, What are some of your ideas? My uh, one of mine is uh oh, what is that Australian instrument? Uh, didgeridoo. Didgeridoo. Yeah. There's a metal band that uses them. Yeah. And I would love to learn how to use it. Yeah. And I would love to just see what I can make. Like it doesn't even have to be a metal song. It could just be something creepy or yeah. noises and stuff. But like I want to I want to record a didgeridoo. Yeah, man, totally. <laughs> and then um um. What is it? Um, the throat singing. How are you doing that? Wait, hold on. Uh, my my buddy Sean, he. No, I can't do it. Yeah, no, I can't do it. Wow. 
Yeah, the throat singing. Like yeah. I, I don't even have to do, learn how to do that. I just want one of the guys, and I don't even know the instrument they play, but they have that. You know, it's like a bow. Um, that is called the shit. Um, we actually borrowed one of those instruments for that album. Um, really? Yeah. That's awesome. It's erhu. That's what it's called in Chinese. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. But like <laughs> I, I saw a video of one of the guys doing throat singing, and I was like, okay, okay, I want to know how to use that in a song. Yeah. Like before I die, just to to the mess yeah, around. Yeah, we actually use uh, throat singing in um, the intro of Baptism of Clay, our death really? metal song. Really? Yeah. And is it is it something you recreate like uh, via backing track or is it? Yeah, live backing track. Yeah. I got you. I'm not gonna I like sit you. in front of like. <laughs> it kind of takes down your cred after yeah, the whole. Yeah. Hey, look at what me. What the fuck is up? <laughs> um, so, you talked about the second album uh, that you're currently working on. Yeah, it's still in its infancy, so I don't want to say anything yet because uh, I could totally change my mind about all of it. That is amazing, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, but you are moving forward. Yeah. Because that's always what we want is forward progression exactly. yeah um so are there any future plans for cyber octopus um uh, actually firstly before i ask that because i do want to know that but the name please yeah. explain the name okay so once i was eating uh sushi taco okay. uh, that's what they call octopus and so i was like man this is i really love octopus this octopus is like so good and then so i was just like super at you know just at in bliss, you know, in, in ecstasy, eating this, this piece of, um, you know, delectable uh, octopus with its suckers and its tentacles, and I was, like, super into it, and then I bit my tongue. <laughs> and so when I bit my tongue, uh, the blood taste of iron came out, and then I was just like, dude, this is like if I ate, like, a cyborg octopus. And then I was like, you know what? Cyborg octopus. And then so... I created a MySpace, and then I added all my friends, and then this kind of just came from there. And then what did your singer say? Or what did you say? He was like robotic... Uh, robotic cephalopod. cephalopod. We say a lot of things that... We say a lot of things. <laughs> I love that, though. That's yeah. Because you guys don't take yourself seriously. Mm -hmm. You take yourself seriously, and then just struggle for everybody else, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so back to the question. Sorry, I deviated. Yeah, no problem. Um, so what you can talk about, what, what is the future of uh, Cyborg Octopus? Um, well, you know, I would love to say, like, oh, we got this going on, we got that <laughs> on. But, but the harsh reality of just, like, being in a metal band of our size, which is unsigned, you know, yeah. nobody knows us, um, is that we're doing what we can. I know that we're going to be releasing a music video relatively soon, and we might have some other plans for other videos in the works, but the reality of being in a band is that you're just doing, doing your own thing and then sending out emails, and then we'll see what happens type thing. So I don't know. If people enjoy the music and people, like, you know, hook us up, then we'll definitely put our best foot forward in trying to try to, you know, make something happen with that. But until then, who knows? I really like that, and that's where we're we're gonna end this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, well, you know, that's what I can do. But uh, <laughs> um, also, I kind of want everybody wanting more because it's just such a good band. Like you guys thank have you. such a good product. So, um, thank you for your time. Thank, thank you for you, sitting man. down with me. I really appreciate it. I really 
Thank you for your sarcasm. No, yeah, well, thank you. Like I mean, it's, I, it's super awesome talking. <laughs> no, I mean, I really appreciate these type of conversations because, I mean, obviously, music is something that is is very important to a lot of us here. Um, but I feel like there are rarely, I don't know if it's just like you know the in spirit of being like really bro or like macho, but I feel like people rarely can talk about it at such an intimate level. And so I really appreciate it when people can do that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Yeah, I, I really no try. I, yeah, I, this I, I, it's, it's how I believe. You know? Yeah. So um, just keep in contact with me, man. Like, yeah, as, as soon as you guys get information, let me know what's going on. Because like, I'm going to follow you guys until the end, man. Like, Hell yeah, dude. That's the, you, you've earned yourself at least a lifetime. Long at least? Okay. Well, yeah, at least. <laughs> well, how about at most? At like mo your children's like lifetimes? I'll, I'll make it happen. Okay, like, yeah. You, like your children, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it'll meet in the middle somewhere. Okay. All right? Right. Sounds good. All right, man. Thank you again. <laughs> dude, Andrew, this is, this is dope, dude. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. All right, guys. That was Cyborg Octopus. I hope you really enjoyed that uh, interview. I had such a blast working with David. That guy is hilarious, and he is tiny, which is even more funny. If you want to check out more of David and what he is doing, go check out Cyborg Octopus on Facebook. But also look up his uh, YouTube channel called Riff Shop. It is hilarious. I just watched a video of him explaining breakdowns, and... Uh, um, it was just hilarious. Just it, it was awesome. As for the local music revolution, talk to me, guys. Let me know how you feel. Um, you can share whatever you want, I guess, on uh, social media. So go to facebook.com slash the local music revolution, Twitter at TLMR podcast, uh, Instagram at the local music revolution, and Tumblr at tumblr.com slash the local music revolution. Also, if you really need to get a hold of me, you can go to thelocalmusicrevolution.com and there's a way to actually get a hold of me through that website. Uh, unfortunately, this week I did not have any block of rock because we're slowly starting to get back into everything um, it, for the new year. So uh, please excuse the lack of the block of rock, but go to Dirtbag Clothing, check them out. They're a great, great company that supports music. They are also just a great, great clothing company that I love working with. Um, so go check it out. It's dirtbagclothing.com. You will not be disappointed. And lastly, of course, I have to uh, shout out to Cold Cock Whiskey. They support bands as well. You can go onto their website and you can see their entire roster of the bands that they support. Um, and also, go check out their drink, man. Like It's Herbal Whiskey. It is amazingly delicious. I can't stress that enough. I love the taste. The flavor is just fantastic. On next week's episode, we have In Conflict, which is a band here out of uh, the Central Valley where I am from. Uh, you'll hear them talk about themselves and why they are awesome. So uh, stay tuned for that. That'll be next week. Until next time, this is the Local Music Revolution. I am Ogre. You are awesome. Take care and be good, everyone.
this is 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 the local music revolution the local music revolution 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 local music revolution